Welcome to Tips from the Server Room. This podcast is designed for all you systems admins, network specialists, or the guys and gals out there in the office who handles it all. Sit back, relax, grab a beverage, and enjoy Tips from the Server Room. Hey, yes, welcome back once again, all you lucky listeners out there to Tips from the Server Room. This is episode number 146, and this is November the 6th, 2019, 2019. I'm your host, Jack. I'll be guiding you into, through, and back out of the worlds of systems administration, network administrations, and all fields of IT. Please check out my website if you have not had a chance to do so, and you will find it at tipsfromtheserverroom.com, where you can comment on these shows, and I hope that you do. Um, and also, if you want some uh, great education, check out the Windows Server 2012 course at jtclearning.com. That's jtclearning.com. And you pick up, it's from installation to full administration, and it just teaches you so much. It's a great course, and that's not just because I'm biased, because I created it, uh, but it's a really good course. I've gotten a lot of feedback over the years from that course. And yes, I'm still working on the 2019 server course, actually, is what I'll be working on here, it looks like, uh, very soon, trying to get that built out. And if you have not had a chance, check out the Jack's Tech Corner, jackstechcorner.com. And you can sign up there. A lot of you have been over there already and signed up for a free account. Thank you very much. And what I'm doing with that, I won't sell your email address. I'm not giving it away to anybody. Uh, All that's for is just to sign up. So when I post uh, content that is for the free subscribers, then you'll be able to get that. I also post content for just general people to go and visit. And uh, you can get that. And you can also subscribe for a paid edition. And that will be for paid content only. So there will be some of that coming up uh, in the very near future. So we'll see how that uh, catches on. First, I know I was supposed to uh, actually um, present a show to you yesterday, Tuesday. But I tell you what, folks, I have been so sick all this week. Uh, There was no way I could record last night. Absolutely no way I could even talk Uh, anymore. So I hope to make it up uh, today through this show. And uh, I can't even give you a beer pick of the week because now I'm on a uh, antibiotic. And uh, the antibiotic, uh, you you, you can't drink alcohol because it kills the uh, effects. So I'm not drinking any beer tonight. I do got a little Coca-Cola sitting here in a glass just to keep the old uh, vocal cords uh, watered down or or limber, I guess, as we... uh, muddle through tonight's show and bring you some more content. I have been checking back on the stats for this show, and I can tell you what, it's very staggering. Um, I appreciate everybody out there sticking with me all these years, bringing this show, even though there's times where uh, I don't record and there's a long time, but it seems that you still kept me in your podcatchers, and I do appreciate that. And uh, you're picking the show up, and you know I hope to bring you content that's you know going to benefit you in some way around that office space of yours or around that school district of yours or wherever you may be working on servers or networks or, you know, whatever forms of IT that we get into. And, man, there is so much out there. Uh, It's just unbelievable. And I don't even think I've seen that before until I got back into uh, working for, you know, um, 
you know, a for-profit business. Um, I've been in uh, nonprofit education for so long that being back in a for-profit business has just uh, really opened my eyes to a lot of different things that we have to deal with on a day-to-day basis. And, um, you know, even with concerning money, uh, when you work with school districts, for the most part, the school districts, the way they work is, you know, when there's when there's a, a low money stream, when there's a low money fund, uh, they tend to raise taxes on people and we get more money in to do what we have to do because you have to educate. But in business, you know, I mean, I, I have a very, very amazing employer right now. Uh, it's, it's a very awesome place to work. Uh, I have um, a lot of open reign for what I want to do. And uh, he understands that his business needs a lot of uh, technology TLC. Let's put it that way. Uh, there's a lot of stuff to do, and, uh, and and I'm ready to do it. So, And he knew that when he hired me. So he felt that I was the guy to bring in there and, and make the changes that they need to make and uh, put the tech department on his toes. So that's, that's what we're uh, working towards now. Let me tell you a little bit about uh, – we talked a little bit last show about inheriting Linux servers. And um, I hit a bit of a uh, hit, a hit a bit of a road bump this week with one of our Linux servers. It's a new uh, Ubuntu server that we're bringing up online, and we're working. I told you we're moving the intranet. Remember that whole big database thing we talked about to a new server, and it's virtualized on Hyper-V. And I told you I'm I am not a hundred percent now. You know I never really had trouble with it in the past, but for some reason now I am not a fan of Hyper-V. Um, it's just like, you know, and some of you may hate this and some of you might, might be like, go Jack, you're right on there, right on the money. But it, it's actually what it happened was Hyper-V. So you're running your most critical servers that you have possible and you're trusting windows to run those for you. Um, it's bad enough to run the windows server and keep it up, but now I have a windows server that's running all my critical mission servers on top of it. Uh, you know, I'm a VMware guy. I've told you that in the past. Uh, I love VMware. It's very lightweight. I used to run it from a thumb drive. That would be where I would load the operating system. And then I would have all the internal disks, you know, to load virtual machines on. Uh, it was just very lightweight and very easy to use. So, and it did what it was supposed to do. It virtualizes servers. So, but anyway, what I'm having trouble with, with our Ubuntu server is apparently... It went to do what's called automatic backups. And I guess a lot of people in the Ubuntu world out there is screaming about this because that's what Windows makes us live with. Uh, automatic backups, you know, it's your computer's about to reboot. Well, the Ubuntu server, which is it's just a standard server install, right? There's no GUI interface to it. But it went into a reboot sequence to do these updates, and it has been stuck now for two days. Now, we were hoping it would clear itself, and there's no way, there's no way on this Hyper-V to shut it down because it says it's in the process of doing something. It won't let me restart it. It won't let me reset it. Obviously, I can't get to a command prompt or anything on the server to do a reboot. So it is just uh, A1 stuck, and it's holding up our entire process of moving this uh, software. So we may go to, I talked to some uh, Linux gurus around uh, town here, and uh, they said, hey, Jack, why aren't you using CentOS? And some people call this CentOS, is how I, I understand you pronounce it, CentOS. But it's written as CentOS, right? Lowercase E-N-T, bigger O-S. But people call it CentOS. So 
CentOS is the uh, open source remnant of Red Hat. And if you're not familiar with Red Hat, you can buy a commercial version of Red Hat for $350. Now, hey, it may go to that. If I need to do that, that's fine. Um, because then you have all the support behind it. And, and I think that's great. You know, if something like this happens, I'm sure they've seen it. I'm sure they can fix it for me. So that would be something to dig into. So, I mean, what's your views of commercial grade uh, Linux versions out there as opposed to open source grades Linux version? Um, but CentOS is running our uh, intranet now. So I think I may have to switch that server over and try. My biggest fear right now is getting everything off that virtual machine that we have on there because we have months, months, and months worth of work uh, on those uh, internet sites, on the internal uh, database sites. And, um, yeah, it's not looking really, really good for me right now. So we'll have to figure that out. If you have any clues or any ideas, by all means, send those in. Uh, remember, you can email me at tipsfromtheserverroom at gmail.com. And uh, let me know if you have anything in there. Um, you know, I know that Franklin had emailed me last week. Uh, is a big Linux guy. So, Franklin, if you know what I can do, if you ever come up against this, let me know in an email maybe tomorrow so I can uh, get down to this at work and get this straightened out. So tonight, as I promised, I'm going to be talking a little bit about uh, bringing some insight into cloud-based servers. And uh, not only the cloud-based servers, but also a lot of people don't realize the cloud-based services that go along with those. And right now, we're using a lot of the services at the uh, present moment. And we're using those cloud-based services in the form of AWS with their database backends. I truly enjoy AWS's database backends because it's really easy to work with, it's easy to manage, easy to back up. And what I like the most about it is I noticed with one in one one-on-one internet or one-on-one, uh, I guess, shared hosting services anyway, let's put it that way. That's probably why it's this way, but they won't let me attach to my databases, my SQL databases using like a desktop application. So if I'm writing a program in something like, um, you know, if I'm writing maybe a Java-based program or if I'm trying to attach to it with a, a Windows a Visual Basic type program, they won't allow you to do that. It has to be a web-based program. And I haven't really tested it yet, but pretty much I think it has to be on their server. So it all has to be kind of intermingled with their server. And I'm sure if I paid for a, you know, a, uh, 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 a server, like a hosted server there, I'm pretty sure they'd let me attach to it then, but I don't. It's a shared-based hosting service. So we'll see how that goes. But anyway... So there's a lot of different services that, you know, a lot of people aren't aware of out there. If you want to have your website hosted somewhere, you could do that. And that would be a cloud-based service, right? Um, such as our email. You know, our email, now I told you, we did the migration to um, Office 365. So we now have a service based on Microsoft. And I know, I told you, I, I don't trust them with my servers. Why am I? trusting them with my email um, because they're very good at it. Um, Azure-based services are very good. Uh, they're top of the line. I haven't had any trouble with them. We even set up at the last school district I worked at, we actually set up a, uh, I went in and created a, uh, a domain controller 
looking at. It is so easy to hook Windows 10 up to that uh, Azure Active Directory server. I mean, they want you to do this, folks. This is where they want you to move to. They want you to move to their server racks, and they want everything out of your house and in theirs. Now, there's a bad side to that. Here's the bad side to not having an on-premise Active Directory server, as I see it, um, and having everything in the cloud is if you don't have dual internet connections, and a lot of places are, you know, are set up where uh, I know in our town where we live right now, there's a contracted internet provider and nobody else is allowed to come in here. So if nobody else can come in here, I can't buy a backup internet line. I would never run full cloud-based services without having dual internet connections from two totally different providers on two totally different means of, of traveling that uh they call that what is that called the um um uh, the, the last mile or the final mile i think it's called the last mile where they they bring that connection to you like i don't want everything coming through one fiber pipe because if it breaks i lose both of them uh, it would be nice to have like a comcast cable coming in right like a cable connection from their system and maybe having a underground fiber line coming from somebody else that would be the best because I've learned in the past, um, the one district we worked at, we had dual lines. The problem with dual lines is they both came over the same, they were both carried to us over the same utility poles. And there was a car wreck one night, and the utility poles actually got, got shattered, and both the lines came down. Even though there was two totally different forms of media bringing that internet to us, we learned very quickly that that was the weak point right there. That was, you know, it happened, and, and it and, and both lines broke, so we were we were down. We were completely out of business at that point. So, but luckily, we had on-prem servers. So the on-prem servers were running. We had file services running, uh, you know, printing and everything that the school needed, so we can run the school 100% and not have to worry about those internet lines. Yeah, was it a disappointment for the kids not using the internet that day? Sure. Was it an inconvenience uh, not using some of our Google apps? Absolutely, it was an inconvenience. But it was something that was way out of our control, and it was not even written, you know, in our um, disaster recovery plan because we couldn't fix it. We could not go down the road and repair those lines. So the disaster recovery was to the point where if there was no Internet, what would we do? And uh, we just rolled into that plan, and everything kind of worked itself out. And it did take them a couple of days to get those lines back up, but everything was back up and running. And we were good once once again. So, you know, perfect. I mean, but you don't know what's going to happen. And that's the problem, folks, when you put all of your effort and all of your thoughts and all of your energy into cloud-based servers, get those dual internet connections and know how to set them up. I worked for one place. I, I did some uh, outsourcing work for one facility. And I went in and took a look and they said, oh, we got two internet connections and... and <laughs> So here's what they had. They had fiber internet running all the time. And the guy there, their tech guy that, you know, he was trying to do his very best. He was trying to think the way you would think, I guess. I don't know. But the second line was a Comcast modem. It was sitting there. And the network cable was dangling. I said, why is your Comcast modem network cable dangling out of the rack? He goes, oh, well, that's in case fiber. If the fiber goes down, I unplug it and I plug the Comcast in. I said, and how does that work with your IP scheme? Because the outside IP address would be totally different that you're routing to. 
He said, oh, I just, I, I quickly go in and I can just reboot the router and, and boot into my secondary uh, config file and, and it, it's all set up to do. I said, that's a lot of hands-on work. I said, wonder if you're sick. He said, well, they would just be down until I came back to work. I said, yeah, see, that's not the proper way to do it. The proper way to do it is to find yourself a, a firewall or a modem or a router or something that allows you to have dual WAN connections. Um, you know, we at the school that I worked at, I put in a sonic wall and the sonic wall had the two different connections. If the one dropped, the other one would pick right up and it would it would route out to the other internet line. So, and they're cool. You can even set those up where uh, I would set up, you know, in a high usage time of the day. So the backup line, you want it to be used sometime. You want some utilization on it because you have to teach the people higher up that are paying the bills why you need it and what it's being used for on a daily basis. Don't ever say it's used in case the other one breaks. That means there's no utilization. So why would you have it, right? So what I would do is set up for high traffic times. I would take part of the internet traffic and I would route it out over that Comcast uh, internet. So that is the best of both worlds. You get the absolute uh, best time, best uprate. You know, it's like a 99.9, uh, well, 99.5% uprate. And uh, we have to give that right because sometimes that utility pole will get clipped and uh, just don't know when that's going to happen. So. Anyway, that is uh, currently the cloud-based services we're using is, like I said, Amazon. And the major part, as I already said, of the cloud-based services is the database providers. Um, as I said, AWS is the one we are using. Um, I have also used Azure, and I still use Azure today because I'm using Azure ActiveSync. And if I log into my Azure console, all my users, I can see them in the Azure Active Directory. Because that's where Office 365 is getting its logins from is Azure Active Directory. They, they work hand in hand. So I always suggest have an on-premise server running and have that be your Active Directory server and use something like ActiveSync uh, or Google. I can't remember what Google's was. Google Password Sync. There were so many schools when I was doing this, uh, working for school districts, that I'd go to these, <laughs> these administrators, uh, um, tech director meetings and we'd sit around and, oh jack i can never get that work in it it stinks that that google password is like it, it doesn't work and i'm like ours runs flawlessly all the time um you just have to take your time settle up properly and once you settle up it, it just runs i mean and it's pretty much instantaneous if a user changes their active directory password google changes pretty much as fast as the azure active directory sync does so there is a problem with Active Directory Sync that I found, and that is basically if I add a new user, it works on a time interval when it's going to sync that new user over to uh, Azure or Office 365. So what I did, I actually wrote a, um, uh, I have a PowerShell script that I run against PowerShell, and it forces that sync, and then it, it's, it's right away. It's, it's, um, it's there, but I got to force those to get them to activate right away. So just something to think about if you're moving to that part of the world of Office 365 with new accounts. So, you know, I've also used uh, Google Cloud and I've I've enjoyed Google Cloud, but I don't know a whole lot of people out there using it. I, I mean, I don't know. There's so many different services right now 
And I understand recently, uh, if you listen to Windows Weekly, and that's why I don't do these shows on Wednesday night because I don't want to compete with them on Thursday. Not that I ever would compete with them, um, but I, I listen to it every week. And they was just talking about Microsoft um, Azure uh, getting, you know, a, a $10 billion contract with the U.S. government over the next 10 years. So it's a guaranteed $1 billion revenue every year for the next 10 years. And uh, Amazon, I guess, is uh, is fighting that. Amazon wants a piece of that, you know, uh, with their uh, AWS. And, and Amazon, as much as I love you, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense to use two or three or four different cloud providers. Uh, it does make sense for you or for me in the technology field to check them out, to understand how they work. Uh, because if you're writing a resume up, you have to have cloud-based services on there. It is extremely important that you have those on there and that people know that you understand how to work a cloud-based server, how to set services up on them, how to use their uh, whatever, you know. Um, because it's all about TCO, folks. Uh, total cost of ownership. TCO across the board is what it is. And, you know, I can make a case for cloud-based services better than probably anybody in the world. So uh, if you ever need help, by all means, I'm always available. You know, I've told people I could take time and, uh, you know, I could even fly out and give your board a demonstration, a presentation of how you save money using cloud-based services. But on the other hand, remember, I still want you to have an on-premise Active Directory controller. Just That's just the way I like to do things. Uh, but there is a great money savings with it just because of what you're getting. So we won't talk any more about that, but um, just want to let you know that it's out there. So, But check them out. Remember, cloud-based services are way more now than just cloud-based servers. Um, people are doing that VDI, virtual desktop infrastructure. Uh, so check that out. I have not yet played with that, but uh, it looks like something we may be looking at. But again, if you have that, Get yourself two internet lines. Very important first first part. Uh, I used to always tell people, um, <laughs> I once had somebody want to argue with me. They said, if you're putting wireless in all these buildings, why do you got to pay for all the wiring? I said, every wireless box has a wire connected to it. That's how it gets back to the network. Oh, mine don't at home. I said, well, no, because, you know, and you have to make people believe that they're smart if they think they're smart. But uh, I didn't want to get into it with them, so I just said, no, but is there a phone line connected to it? Well, yeah, we plugged a phone line in. I said, that's the network connection right there, bub. So uh, I guess I got through to them, but anyway. <laughs> Anyhow, so, yeah, I always worry about the back end of my services first before I worry about delivering it to the node and delivering it to the user, right? I worry about it from back to front. So many people out there want to go out and buy a brand-new computer and a brand-new access point. And they have all this bandwidth traffic going through that great new access point, and they don't have anything on the back end. Uh, so that's what I'm working at work right now with is getting everybody hardwired because, you know, the wireless is just not up to the standards today uh, of the work that we are doing in our in our office space. So, uh, and, that, and you could argue with me with that forever. And, uh, you know, I always like wired. I'm just a wired kind of guy, I guess. All right, folks, well, we did make it through. Hopefully everything worked out okay tonight. Hopefully the audio is okay. Um, you didn't have to crank me up too loud in your car. I see the, uh, well, I mean, the, the spikes are on the uh, on the uh, 
audacity is not going too bad. So I guess it's working out all right for us. But but thanks for listening. Thanks for hanging in there once again with me. And hopefully we got through this okay. Uh, as you can hear, my voice is not even up to par. So uh, I did my very best to get us through tonight. So hopefully by next week I'll be even um, better uh, for that chat. So. And remember, once again, if you buy anything from Amazon, please use my Amazon link. Go to tipsfromtheserverroom.com. Turn off that nasty ad blocker you have so you can see the ad. And uh, when you have anything in, you know, you have anything in your um, your shopping cart, go out, click on that link, go right back in and, and buy it. And then the proceeds comes back to the show. And it helps me to buy the equipment that we truly need here. Uh, I truly need to get another monitor. I'm using a little like 19-inch monitor where my, uh, my secondary 27-inch uh, uh, iMac finally bit the dust. So uh, I just plugged in a little 19-inch monitor secondary screen, but I do need to get that upgraded. So something to think about. All right, well, thank you so much, and I hope you uh, keep listening, keep subscribing, and I will talk to you next week here at Tips from the Server Room. Bye-bye for now, everybody. You just listened to Tips from the Server Room with your host, Jack. If you have any questions, please drop me a comment at tipsfromtheserverroom.com. Thanks again for tuning in and downloading the shows. Now sit back, relax, and listen to the remainder of the music. We'll see you next week on Tips from the Server Room. So long.